no fuck with me. I turn this motherfucker up and under the grave. Just cause she's a Okay, y'all, I am here back with Rio Walker. Y'all know me, I'm Mackenzie Marshall. I am in New York. Um, Rio is actually my line sister. I don't even think I ever shouted out that I was a Delta, but Delta Sigma Theta Alpha Chapter. And I'm here with my line sister, Rio, who is a nurse during the pandemic. So we just wanted to like get her perspective on everything and I'll let her introduce herself. Hey y'all, I am Riel. Um, I am, as Mackenzie said, a registered nurse. I went to Howard and I work at the National Institutes of Health in Maryland. Um, yeah. Okay, so like, tell me about your day-to-day. -day. Like, what, what are you doing when you are at the hospital? Or like, what have you seen while you've been on the front lines? Like, what's your day-to-day, -day, your typical day in the hospital? Well, my day-to-day -day is actually not too different than what it was before the pandemic. I work in a hospital um, that does have coronavirus patients, but I don't work on a COVID unit. Um, I work on an oncology unit. So our main goal is basically protecting our immunocompromised patients from getting this virus. Um, things are very different at the hospital as a whole. Um, we are a research hospital. It's the NIH, mm -hmm. uh, which is one of the biggest research agencies for biomedicine in the world. Um, and so the difference between our hospital and community hospitals is that all the patients that come to our hospital are on a research protocol. So we don't have an emergency room. We technically aren't a primary response center for the coronavirus, but we do have research protocols to study the virus. So we do have some patients on our infectious disease unit. We have some patients in our ICU and our um, intermediate care unit. So yeah, my day-to-day -day basically, you know, I come to work, we get our one mask <laughs> because we have this national PPE shortage. Um, and we kind of go about our day as we usually did. Um, we have a kind of stricter guidelines in the hospital. Our patients aren't really allowed to have visitors anymore. Um, everybody who comes into the building is screened and given a mask. Mm -hmm. um, After the the stimulus checks were like dispersed, have you seen any like improvements with like the mask or with like medical equipment? No, not really. Um, the only improvement I really saw is at first when they first kind of implemented this, everybody needs to wear a mask thing. Um, it was only people who were coming in, in direct contact with patients as part of their normal duties. Mm -hmm. Now they give everybody who enters the building a mask, which is very comforting for us who have to be there, whether we like it or not. Um, so yeah, I haven't really seen much of a difference. We have been kind of locking up our um, other supplies, like our Clorox wipes and stuff like that on our unit, at least we like lock them up because people have been trying to take them home. Mm -hmm. um, 
we, like I said, we ration out our masks. We are generally allowed one per day unless it gets like super soiled and we absolutely need a new one. Mm-hmm. Have you guys um, had shortages at all? At first we did. Towards the beginning of the outbreak, we did have shortages and it was kind of terrifying because we do have patients who are on different types of isolation, whether it's contact or respiratory. And in order to protect yourself from whatever these patients have, you have to have the proper PPE. And for a while we didn't. Mm -hmm. And we would be going into these rooms with patients who had the flu or who may have been suspected of having the coronavirus or who had some um, disease where they had to be on contact isolation and we really didn't have what we needed to protect ourselves from it. So how long did it take for y'all? Like how many days or weeks did it take for you guys to get like caught up with all this stuff after the outbreak kind of started? I wouldn't, it didn't take too long. I probably two to three weeks, I would say a month at most. We fortunately, um, unlike some of these hospitals who have been hit extremely hard with this coronavirus and get hundreds and hundreds of patients, we don't have a critical shortage. We did kind of experience a lag in getting the equipment that we needed for a second, but it wasn't um, as critical as a lot of other, of these other hospitals, fortunately. Yeah. What do you think, like, what do you think, or if you do think, like, this pandemic has exposed about our healthcare system or, you know, just some things that like medical professionals do that you think might um, be changed after the pandemic? Oh my gosh, there's so many things wrong with the healthcare system. Um, This, first of all, this just kind of showcases what we already knew about the system and about America. It's, everything is just money and greed driven. Um, I was actually just listening to another podcast this morning about how new um, just testing modalities are becoming available. Um, For example, the antibody tests as opposed to the diagnostic tests. And um, instead of when doctors have a patient where they want to give this or give this test to somebody and they try to call out to the lab that they are partnered, that the hospital is partnered with, if the lab has a backup of um, processing these tests, they can't, we don't have a centralized system in our healthcare. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they can just call another lab like, hey, I need you to run this test for me. It's this super long, complex process because everything is privatized and and just money driven. So just the healthcare system is fragmented it's very it mimics a lot the just overall system in america um depending on your class and mm-hmm. your socioeconomic status your race all those things kind of play into the kind of care that you'll receive um for example this virus is hitting the african-american community pretty hard right now um And a lot of it probably has to do with the lack of access to care that these people have. Yeah, I was um, at work. This guy, I forgot who he was. He had said that, you know, like in a professional way, he just basically said, but a lot of black people 
even before the pandemic were treated unfairly in the hospitals or in like the healthcare system. So they already had pre preconditions that already kind of like made them worse and made them more exposed to the virus. So it's just like a domino effect. So yeah, it just like this whole, this whole situation is just all over the place. Like I feel, do you feel like, do you feel like, cause everyone's like kind of talking about like, you know, we could have prevented this or we could have been better prepared. But I mean, realistically, do you think, what, what do you think we could have done to better prepare ourselves? I think, <laughs> I think that our leadership here in this country could have done a better job of getting a head start on this. We know by now that um, Trump and his administration was briefed on this virus months before we ever heard about it. I mean, I what they got first wind of it back in January and we didn't really understand the virus or the we didn't even know anything about it until what March. Yeah. So I think that in that kind of critical time period between January and March when a lot of things could have been done to prepare for this outbreak we were just really lackadaisical about it. We didn't think it was a big deal. Um, we didn't really understand the gravity of it. And that was a just, I feel like it was just a really critical moment that we lost. Yeah. And now we're just kind of behind the curve and we're playing catch up. And things are a little better in terms of testing and care. And a lot of places are starting to kind of reach their peaks or yeah. get but over the peaks. Yeah, but we kind of still have a long way to go in terms of just having the proper resources to handle this. And that's what's scary about it. Yeah. What do you think about the, in Georgia or other states, like in the South, like opening up? Do you think that, I feel like personally, I just feel like it is kind of a, it, it, you shouldn't be opening up because it's not safe, but I do see like, it's kind of like these businesses don't have anything to do if they don't have a lot of cases they're not really seeing anything happening so they're kind of at a standstill but then they're losing money so like how do you feel about that I won't lie I mean I get it yeah. <laughs> I understand people I understand people wanting to get back to normal life I want to get back to my normal life this is an extremely like uncomfortable and new and foreign situation that we've all been forced into but at the same time, I, I mean, it's not a good idea to me to risk my health and, and risk the people around me that I love because I need to get my nails done. Yeah. You know? So, and I understand like our economy is, is trash. Right yeah. Now. It's <laughs> right now, but I, I don't know. I just don't, a lot of people I think don't really understand understand one you don't really understand how severe it is it hits close to home until it's somebody you know who's on a ventilator mm -hmm. it's because it's so far away from us we're so far removed from it we hear the news we hear the articles we hear the news we read the articles but it doesn't really register for us and in my mind I'm just kind of thinking about if it was somebody that I know or somebody that I love who got this in didn't have a mild case that they could get over at home. They ended up on a ventilator fighting for their life. I don't know about these people, but I am not willing to sacrifice my grandparents or my parents or, or somebody I love. Yeah, especially when you can't see the symptoms. 
you and then there it's like every day I read something like somebody reported that the virus was being contracted off of dead bodies it's just like what like what's going on like this is crazy not every and then my thing is like if one state and that's my one critique is like we're not as a country on one like accord like if one state opens and then that person travels to another state it's just kind of like where where does it stop it's just so confusing so then my next question is realistically when do you think all the countries i mean all the cities would open or like we would get back to like going out at least going back to work because my i'm realistically my guess would be maybe September where everyone can go back to work I think slowly over the summer they'll start kind of pushing people through but like it's just I mean I don't know what else you could do honestly I know I honestly don't know because in my you know even towards the beginning of this whole outbreak I was super hopeful like okay by like June we're gonna be back to normal and it's clear as time goes on that it isn't that cut and dry um and i just feel like the government just keeps hitting us with the draw for but yeah. <laughs> we're gonna add 30 they keep the add 30 seconds button on microwave <laughs> we're gonna add 30 days so it's hard to tell and this whole like premature opening um that's happening in some states it could go one of two ways yeah. either other states are gonna follow accordingly and it's just gonna kind of be this cross your fingers and hope things work out for the best or they're going to get a spike in infections and deaths and it's going to send us backwards and now we're going to be kind of back at square one everybody's on lockdown and while we're thinking that we're making progress we really just set ourselves back because we these people try to open and now their death rate has spiked. Yeah. Um, which is kind of unfortunately, I hate to say it, the route I think it might take because I mean, we see how this virus spreads when we aren't taking these protective measures. Um, but I don't know. I'm just really hoping you know, I still pray every day that this virus doesn't take my entire summer away from me. Oh you know, I don't I, think it'll take I guess it depends on what take your summer away is because like I think we would be able to do stuff but my thing is like my thing is I'm I hate missing happy hours I hate missing brunches and stuff like that but the thing is I feel like they'll start having instead of like restaurants being able to serve 30 people they can only serve like 10 so which Mm -hmm. would still suck so I think we'll still be be able to do stuff but it's just kind of like I don't think clubs would be an option like I would be shocked if there's like parties or big like gatherings like that able to happen but I think we should be able to at least sit down and get a bite to eat (laughs) no I heard um somebody I don't know who it was um some one of these health professionals that up there who's kind of monitoring all this said that they predict that large gatherings and stuff won't be happening until like fall 2021 so I'm like oh my gosh you know they were talking about people um students for at Howard were saying that there's been rumors that they might not start back in the fall oh no I don't know if that's a rumor if there's any base on it but definitely heard that and I was like oh my gosh wow well I I don't know I kind of feel like some of this I'd like to see people wait a little longer before declaring. I mean, school yeah. is back until August. It's 
a full semester that's a lot so I mean I don't know I'm just hoping that there is and I mean there there is hope there's this I was reading an article the other day about this um lab in like the UK I want to say I may be wrong but on this lab in the UK who is on kind of like a fast track to developing a vaccine um, and they have already started testing it in these little chimps and it's it's uh, they're getting positive results so it's little things like that that are giving me hope these antibody tests that they're um, trying to get right that could be a huge yeah win um, I just think that our biggest hurdle right now is the resources it's yeah once we get the testing the the diagnostic testing and the antibody testing once we can kind of get a handle on that and have adequate supplies for that I think that we'll really start to be able to kind of get back to normal because then we'll be able to really track and trace and manage the disease Mm -hmm. in a better way yeah well we'll leave that there um switching gears tell me about your blog I know you focus on self-care and wellness. Why was that um, an important focus for you? Um, It's important to me because I am extremely, I'm passionate about mental health. I'm really big on um, nurturing yourself holistically. I think that we just kind of live in this society right now where we're just always on go. Um, Everybody is in this productivity contest with one another we just we never take the time to slow down and really lean into our self-care and get to know ourselves at that level um and I think that it burns a lot of us out and it leaves a lot of us with just unchecked mental health issues because we don't really take time to care for ourselves mentally as well as you know physically and emotionally and all those things so self-care is really important to me it's that kind of facet of of your care that you can just be completely selfish with Mm -hmm. um there's this quote by um audra lord it goes something like um self-care isn't selfish it's self-preservation or it's something like that but (laughs) um it's something like that but (laughs) yeah it's just important to nurture yourself holistically and yeah how do you do that like especially now like during the pandemic give me some tips on how like or give the viewers and their listeners tips on how to like practice self-care during this time you can't go out your room sometimes or you might be in a small space like what what can you do to pick yourself up yeah so that's another thing a lot of people are kind of trying to adapt their routines and their self-care to this new normal that experiencing personally it is hard for me because one of my biggest forms of self-care is walking around tj maxx <laughs> i like go to tj maxx all the time and i'm like I open my store but um <laughs> self-care to me is whatever you need it to be it could be laying in bed watching netflix all day it could be um exercising it could be knitting or reading it's what you do to make yourself it to make to feed your soul um and some of the ways that I practice self-care um I'm a big reader I love to read um 
What are you reading? What are you reading? I am currently reading um, Gabrielle Union's autobiography. We're going to. Oh, how is that? It's super good. I just started reading it a couple days ago and I'm almost done with it. Oh, wow. Okay. So. Yeah, I'm really excited. I have like this list of books lined up that I need to read. I'm just super excited. Um, what else? I love taking bubble baths. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's. Yeah, um, skincare is really big for me. I like to kind of take care of myself in that way. Um, I like to do yoga. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how I've been spending my time when I'm at home. Yeah. No, I feel you. I've been trying to work out more. Actually, no, let me not even say more. Definitely. (laughs) But (laughs) I've been trying. I think my biggest thing is like really just getting outside because like when it first started, I really was I had no reason to even step outside for Mm -hmm. like weeks. So unless I was going to the grocery store, but other than that. So I've been really trying to like at least get outside and get some sun. So today I went outside to my roof and did some things. But today, like today, I didn't even go outside. It's raining. (laughs) That's because a lot of people think social distancing means like social isolation. And people are like, I'm not leaving my house. I go grocery shopping once every month. And it's like, you can go outside, get some fresh air. It's the weather is nice. You know, it's getting nicer out. And we just got out of seasonal depression season. So yeah, I, just about to say that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another reason why this is kind of hitting so hard because it's like we just got over this hump that a lot of people experience going throughout the winter. And as soon as spring starts to hit, this virus yeah. is starting to ravage the country and now we can't really go anywhere or do anything. But I just, I think it's definitely um, huge. It's important to get out. You know, yeah. take a walk, sit on your balcony or, or porch if you have yeah. And just stare at the sky. But I think it's just like, you have to get outside. Like, I really feel like staying inside, you're just letting like depression and just sadness creep in. Like, so. Yeah, sun sunlight is important. It helps those happiness hormones um, release themselves. So mm-hmm. sunlight is actually like literally important to your emotional and mental health yeah so I definitely encourage that yeah well where Riel tell them where you can find the, where they can find your website my website is rielsimone.com r-i-e-l-l-e-s-i-m-o-n-e because people spell my name all types of ways <laughs> <laughs> yeah rielsimone.com super simple <laughs> and one last question what's the first thing you're gonna do um once the quarantine is over oh my gosh Probably take a trip. <laughs> no, that's real. Where's your, where are you going to go? I don't know yet. I'm going to see um, what these flight prices yeah. are looking like, if they're still looking. <laughs> um, but I definitely want to take a trip. Um, I'm going to, I have a list. What, what am I going to yeah. do first? Probably going to go to TJ Maxx, my favorite place ever. <laughs> going to go to a restaurant and I'm absolutely going to take it. Digging out and drinking everything on the menu. Yes. Happy hour is, that's first on the list. Happy hour is the best hour. Yes. (laughs) Well, we are going to leave it there. Thanks for joining me, Rio. Of course. Thank you for having me. Okay, guys. 
We'll see you guys on the next podcast. You'll probably be listening to Noah and Henry, but bye. <laughs> <laughs> I love